Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna, here with a very special interview episode with Brittany Kennedy of Nefertiti Rising Apothecary. Uh, so we are actually going to chat today about mental health and witchcraft, magical practice, and different approaches to it, different styles and, and ways of managing your own mental health, both with magical assistance or managing your mental health surrounding uh, magical practice. So I'm going to have uh, Brittany introduce herself to you and tell her a little, tell you all a little bit about what she does. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Susanna. It is a pleasure to be here. My name is Brittany Kennedy. I am the founder, owner of Nefertiti Rising Apothecary. I am a witch, a conjurer, a tarot reader, root worker, whatever term you would like to use when it comes to magic, that would be me. It is a pleasure to be here, like I said, um, and I will turn it back over to you. So you uh, may have heard Brittany's son in the background because she's also an awesome mom. And uh, so if you hear some, some baby coos in the background, that's just how it's going to be this episode. You've heard my cats. Now you get to hear a child. Um, <laughs> so uh, Brittany actually emailed me and said, hey, you know, want to chat in your podcast? And I looked into what she did and I noticed that she was actually a speaker with NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. I there also do the same thing. So trust me, Yay. I was going through my brain. I'm like, it's N-A, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with that? Yeah, so NAMI is near and dear to my heart. I am the executive director for a nonprofit organization called Artest University. And Artest University was founded by former NBA player Meta World Peace, who has openly discussed his issues with mental health um, very, very publicly. Uh, and that is a, uh, an initiative that is very near and dear to his heart. So for Artest University, we work a very, very closely with NAMI um, regarding mental health services. And I really just love them. I love what they do in the community. I love how they've got so many different facets, so many different programs to assist people with mental illnesses. And yeah, I, I came on board or we started partnering with NAMI about two years ago. On uh, the first event that I attended was their national um, conference that they host every year. And I came and it was just such a beautiful experience. It's a full on community of people who actually have mental health issues, if you want to call it that, and they're learning how to live with it. And it's, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful community. And so um, I've partnered with them in various things, including my tarot reading when they had their virtual conference this year, since we couldn't do it face to face. Um, I had a booth and people came by and they got tarot readings. And it's just, it was such a beautiful experience because um, I'm all about a holistic approach to mental health. And while I also do not negate science and negate, you know, um, the traditional Western uh, approaches to mental health, I also feel like balancing it with holistic practices can be very, very beneficial because when it comes to the body, the, where it's mind, body, soul, right? And so 
if you're working on the mind or if you're working on the the, the body, you know, it's, it's a whole thing that balances out each other. And I feel like um, when a person has the, you know, medical side down and when they've got the physical side, meaning they're getting their exercise, they're taking care of their body. And then when they also are taking care of their spirit, then that's when you really, really come up with a full comprehensive plan and treatment for yourself. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of my part when it comes to partnering with Nomi. And we're doing a lot of stuff in the future. Uh, next month is uh, Mental Health Month. And so we are going to be partnering and doing some things again, um, specifically for that month. And I'm really excited about that. So I actually need to get on that call with them this week and find out exactly what we're going to be doing. But I'm really looking forward to them. We are, I would consider myself a lifetime partner with them because I love their initiative. Um, and I just love really uh, connecting with them on that platform and, and being able to help people because mental health is something that we all have, right? You don't have to have a diagnosis to uh, have mental health or to address mental health. Mental health is, you know, just all about the way that you're feeling. It's not necessarily a diagnosis. And so- Mental health is something that we all need to be conscious of and take care of so that we are our best selves at all times. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Uh, something I was very struck by when I wound up in the healthcare field was that I found a lot of people who were really interested in different aspects of witchcraft, whether they were pagans or whether they were into tarot or any of that kind of holistic approach. And of course, more traditional faith-based approaches as well. There's a long-standing connection between faith-based communities and uh, physical and mental health outreach. So, you know, that's, I think that's really crucial. And as you know, I'm sometimes a little too invested in the scientific and literal aspects of things. Uh, it is, it is a, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a fault of my own approach to magic, but it's definitely where I see where I would not necessarily be the right reader or the right practitioner for everybody, because there are certain things that I don't personally subscribe to, although I'm agnostic about them. I may not have experience or evidence for them, but doesn't mean I'm going to totally throw them out. It's just not something that I would personally offer. I think it's really important that we connect with people where they're at about things that they care about. And something else you were saying also really struck a chord. And I think it's something that we're, we're really starting to see uh, in the last year with the pandemic is, you know, you're right. You don't need to have a diagnosis to have mental health struggles. And you certainly don't need to have any kind of, you don't even really need to have a struggle to be proactive about protecting your mental health. Um, Absolutely. And that's where I think some, some mindfulness about these concepts can really go a long way. And I think that the pandemic in particular has really helped shine a light on a lot of different aspects of it from how much we need our communities and, and how we create community to legitimizing some community building efforts or other things like, like work accommodations that, that people in the disability community have been advocating for for a long time, but that are only being accepted because it's starting to make sense in a broader context. And I think that, yeah, mental health struggles are becoming a little bit more openly discussed, a little bit less stigmatized because so many people are starting to suffer uh, this year. But as, as far as I can tell, you haven't been suffering this year. You've been thriving. So I want to hear more about that. 
Yeah, I would say so, actually. Um, you know, it's been an interesting ride into this new phase in my life. And I don't really want to call it a new phase because it's not. But uh, this next stage in my life is a better term where I founded my apothecary and how I fell into tarot. You know, initially I, I purchased my first deck of tarot cards about two years ago and it was really more so because I didn't I didn't really trust other people's energy um I was very selective about that and so I figured you know well let me get my own deck of tarot cards and I can do it myself and see where you know you know, see what I get, right? Which, which um, deck did you get? I got the Egyptian tarot. Um, of course, my tarot cards are always near me. Uh, so this is my deck of cards um, here. These are the I, ones that I got. I think I got. I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, yeah. Love them, love them, love them. I think it's by Low. Uh, it's an Italian brand. Thank you. Of course, I was never going to get that. So I'm so glad you got it because I was already ready to say like Sereno or something. So so glad that you knew that. Um, but yeah, so I, that was my first deck. And, you know, I got in, started playing with him. And, you know, I was doing that for about a year. And I had my son in February of, of last year. And that was right at the beginning of, you know, the pandemic starting to hit in the United States. And... Um, I want to say by June, I was in this, these different spiritual groups as I started to get more and more into my spirituality. And I would see all these babalawas, you know, chief priests from the Ifa tradition and sect and nothing against them. You know, everybody's got their way of marketing their services, if you will. But it really bothered me their way of doing so because they would post in these groups and they would offer readings and you would get or you know they would say like your ancestors have a message for you and they do and they're really it's really kind of a scam setup uh for a lot of a lot of babalawas that's kind of how they're doing things and it really frustrated me to see that and so when you get a reading though from them they'll give you a very brief reading and then you've got to pay a large amount of money to try to unlock the rest of the reading and that really bothered me so one day I was uh, giving thanks to the universe and, uh, and that, that's the way that I, I was going to give my thanks. I had saw a post and it made me infuriate, like I was so infuriated by it that I posted and I said, you know, I will give a donation-based reading to whomever wants a full tarot reading. And, you know, obviously I opened up my cash app and uh, that's how I got started. But the most important thing to me was that after doing about six readings that day, the tradition, the thing that everyone was saying was how accurate the reading was and how it was the best reading they had ever had and et cetera, et cetera. And I really didn't even know what I was doing. I mean, I knew what I was doing because, you know, because I, I paid attention, but as an experienced reader, I really didn't know. I just got in there and started doing it. And then I did it the next day. And then I did it the next day. And then I kept doing it until somebody said, you know, you can't keep doing these donation-based readings because you've really got a really good gift. And, and I started to realize also that I couldn't continue doing, doing donation-based because people really take advantage of you. Yeah, um, that's, and, that's and, why I turned professional. I had no intentions yeah. of ever being a professional reader. Um, I, I know people who've been listening for a while have heard this, but you and I are just getting to know each other. And um, I started reading when I was about 13. My mom got me my first Oh, deck. lovely. And I dabbled in it on and off for a while. Um, took, a, took a step back when I was a teenager uh, did my whole like totally atheist thing for a while. And um, then in my early 20s, I got back into it. Uh, when my mom passed away, I inherited her decks. And 
same as you. I, I started, you know, I got into it. I was studying it. And then I was like, all right, let me do some donation base. Let me do some readings just for friends. And, and a very similar experience. I had people who were just taking advantage of it. And it's mm-hmm. like, nope, we're not doing yeah. this anymore. Yeah, you have to do that because people were honestly, people are people can be vampires and they will suck you dry out of everything that you will give them if they can get it free. And that's what they'll do. Um, so, you know, I started to create a payment structure and I, you know, got a website, you know, I put a, a, my website together and, uh, you know, did the whole registration with the state of New Jersey and the whole shebang. And that and that's how my apothecary was born. And it's crazy because I really, I look at it and I know that people were really, not really, have been really struggling because of the pandemic. And I literally saw the complete opposite. I increased my revenue. I founded a whole on business. I was emotionally and ha- not was, have been so emotionally sound and grounded in the past 20 year more than I have ever been in my entire life in the middle of a pandemic. It's like the universe I am so gracious of and so much in awe as to how things unfold because this year, and I know that a lot has, has to do with the fact that my, my son, right? This beautiful life that I get to witness on a daily basis and the energy and all that stuff. And there's a lot of that in there, right? And there's so much magic in that too, which made me like this kid really, you know, I named him Phoenix for a reason. He really, he's my rising from the ashes. He grounded me so much while I was pregnant. I focused so much on meditation. I focused on being still. I was going through a very tumultuous time in a relationship with his father. And I wanted to make sure that my womb was protected and that he had a space where he could grow and flourish emotionally without all the negative feelings that I was feeling. So I really had to like dig in deep and find my high priestess energy and channel that to the best of my ability to make sure that he came out happy and excited about life and not frustrated and things of that nature. So it really just kept going. You know, once I had him, it was like an easy thing. I was talking to you the other day and I told you, I stayed in my apartment with no problem for three whole months without going outdoors because of the pandemic and I was fine with it I was like all you had to do is tell me if I went outside I could catch this virus and I could give it to my son and we could all die like in very very quick period of time that's all you had to tell me and I was like good I'm inside then give me my food I've got my baby I've got my work like I've got my tarot cards I've got tv I'm good to go and so I really, really, but I, I, I've been fortunate, right? And a lot of people haven't had that energy of another person. Some people are in complete solitude and they're having to, you know, battle with themselves. And that is the thing about society is that we have, to me, the pandemic has been mother nature's way of saying balance, balance. If you don't learn to obtain balance, you're going to always be off kilter. And so a lot of us have occupied our time with things and activities and work and all this stuff. And all of a sudden we're forced into our own, you know, dwellings without some of us, without any interactions with other physical interactions with other people. And that has become very challenging. And that's when a lot of people will realize, wow, so I don't do so well by myself. I've got some other issues that I, I haven't resolved, some grief, some trauma, some whatever, 
because it's when you're still do all those things really have the time to fester because you're not occupying your time with other things. And so mental health to me is such a huge part of my work. I really, really love what I do simply because of the assistance that I'm able to give humanity when it comes to guidance in their life, balancing their emotions. Every, every client of mine, I give them a chakra test. I have them take a chakra test. If you get a reading, you get a chakra test so that you can balance out your, you can at least see and be introduced to what it looks, what your chakras look like, what are chakras? You know, some clients don't even know what chakras are. And so to me, you know, understanding the depth of our emotional body and our spirit body, body even if a person's not a spiritual person, is very key and very important. And I find that implementing that in my readings has actually made the world of a difference. After my readings, I give all of my clients a link to take a chakra test and I give them the opportunity to share their results with me. And I'll give them some tips as to how to balance out whatever chakras are, you know, needing to be balanced, needing to be healed or whatever the case is. And usually, you know, that just spirals into something else. You know, if somebody tells me they're having a really tough time uh, connecting with people or whatever, my first thought is, okay, so your sacral chakra is probably pretty low and your heart chakra is probably pretty low. Um, and going from there, but we really, we spend so much time in society being busy that we haven't taken the time to really focus on ourselves, And that's really where, it, that's where things seem to be missing. It's just that self-care that, you know, it's, it's doing things for ourselves that is really mental health, you know, making sure that we nourish ourselves, making sure we're eating good, making sure we're getting enough sleep, making sure we have just enough time to do things for ourselves. We do so much for the outside world and for family and for other things that we don't take enough time to, I tell people, if you were to balance, if you were to take a, a pie and cut it into different slices, which pie would be the largest piece? Where would you spend most of the time? And most of America would say work. That, that would be where the majority of it is. And I know it's a hard thing to even fathom having a pie that's completely balanced, you know, but I promise you nine times out of 10, if I was to say, now eat the smallest slice, you would, the smallest slice would probably be yourself, self-care. So these things are just very, very key, very important. And I'm, I'm just so happy and grateful to the universe for allowing me to be in the position that I'm in where I've been able to discover you know, more about myself, more about my gifts, explore them more and be in a position where I can really help humanity. It's been quite lovely, honestly. Um, yeah. Wow. There's a lot to chew on in everything you just said. Uh, there's definitely some points I want to, I want to circle back to, but I guess starting in reverse order, something I think that, you know, I, I have a, a slightly different, although not, not opposing, just tangential take on some of that. You know, what you're saying about self-care is not untrue at all. And it, it's like, I'm, I'm a nurse and my therapist frequently, frequently reminds me that I need to focus on myself. Um, I'm not very good at it, especially like the, the childhood that I had. Um, my parents are both very unwell in different ways. And I have a lot, I, I had to grow up very quickly and I had mm. to parent my parents in a lot of ways. I'm sorry of, to hear that. It, it happens and I've, I've worked through it again. I have a great therapist. I have a, a wonderful circle of friends, but that's actually kind of what I'm getting at here. And it's something I think that people have been struggling with. Um, Self-care is super crucial and we all need to be better at it, but it is really hard to manage self-care. I mean, it seems like you and I at least have been lucky 
in the last year that we've been able to help hold down stable employment. Mm-hmm. You were able to increase your revenue, whereas the opposite of you, I took a step back from Tarot, both because a, a significant portion of my income from Tarot, which has never been a primary income stream for me, but was a, a substantial uh, help towards my bills, especially when I was working part-time when I was in nursing school proper, that those were in-person events. So those all stopped. Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would make a solid 200 to $300 a night at those events. And those all went away Yeah. Um, with the amount of stress. And I mean, stress doesn't begin to describe what it was like to be an ER nurse a year ago, mm. um, especially being a, a brand new nurse. I was six months in and I was one month off of orientation when lockdown happened. And, um, you know, we've been hearing about this virus since late 2020, early 20, I'm sorry, late 2019, early 2020, but it became really real, you know, late February, early March is when we really started saying, oh, we got to screen people. We got to, we got to keep an eye on this. Um, I just, I can't even describe what it was like then. So I took a big step back because between my academic obligations and my work obligations and trying to maintain my interpersonal relationships uh, at a distance, it was all too much for me to feel like I could focus on tarot. Uh, For my own mental health, I took a step back and I will say that I think that the work that the work that you do with the artist community, the work that you do for tarot, I think that's a form of community care. Mm. And Mm -hmm. that I think is really something that, that we need to include in the conversations about self-care. It's a under this capitalistic structure, people don't have time for self-care and people don't even really have proper time for community care, especially not the caregivers, especially Mm. not mothers. And again, you, you seem to be an exception and uh, you're, you're a Pisces like my husband and, um, you know, you, you seem to thrive in, in that sort of, uh, hermit vibe, you know, and, and that's great. My husband has been, my husband's life has not really changed that much in the last year. Mm. Um, I'm the one who, you know, my, my life looks very, very different. His doesn't look that different, which is good in a lot of ways, but you know, a lot of people haven't been able to thrive. And I, I do think that we're very lucky both in, in how we've approached things and in the fact that we've been able to maintain stable income, which has been a huge stressor during this time uh, for so many people. So I, I noticed that you still cut people deals on your Facebook. Yes, I do. Absolutely. I was looking at it and I'm like, is she really undervaluing herself that way? But I, I totally get it. I still give people free readings. I, I know you want it. You want to serve. You know? I do. Yeah. yeah. I did want to also go circle back to that thing you said about people being vampires and people being mm. emotional vampires, especially when you're doing esoteric things. Mm-hmm. Um, like tarot or the non-shady Aoife practitioners. Um, yes. I, I have a lot of friends who are who are very involved. And and honestly, you'll never see like the, the real deal ones. You're not going to see them hustling on Facebook. Exactly. They have their exactly. clients. Exactly. Exactly. That's why, that's why I, I, I want to be very clear about that is that it's they're not all like that, but they do give Baba Lowell's a really bad name um, to where people who are not aware of the community really are turned off by that. So I love that you mentioned that, that you do know and have, you know, people that are in that community who, you know, are legit and they, they, like you said, they do not go to Facebook to 
advertise. Um, so yeah, but you know, I have to give them credit and say thank you because if it wasn't for them, you know, I I wasn't gonna be there that day offering tarot readings, and who knows how I would have fell into it eventually. So in some kind of way, I have to thank the scammers and the vampires out there who leech on other people. <laughs> and you also get that in the in the like you know to quote uh, Buffy, you know, every woman with a henna tattoo and a spice rack thinks she's a sister to the dark ones. Like you see a lot of young, frequently white women who pick up a pack of cards and are like, oh, I'm going to start charging for readings now. Uh, yeah. And I've seen, uh, I've seen so much of that. Um, I, before the pandemic, I did a lot of in-person readings with a local event called the Jersey City Oddities Market, which is now rebranding to the Jersey City Alternative Market. Because the mm -hmm. oddities market, much like the spiritual community, has a lot of serious, serious systemic problems with racism and cultural appropriation and just general jerks, you know? Oh. Um, so the the founder of the Jersey City Oddities Market is a really good friend of mine. And we had a little shop in Jersey City for a minute. She has her own shop in Bayonne now that I am not a business partner in, but fully support. And um, I was the only tarot reader that she would even entertain having there for a long time because so many people were just clearly scamming. Mm. I think it's something we need to be very mindful of as spiritual professionals is um, recognizing that people are often coming to us because they're having struggles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how we approach that. I know for me personally, I won't provide any kind of diagnostic um, or specific mental health advice. Although I will say whenever the Queen of Cups or the Six of Swords comes up, definitely the Queen of Cups. Who else is it? Sometimes with the Six of Swords, but with the Queen of Cups specifically, I almost always say, maybe it's time to find a therapist. I love that. <laughs> um, I love that. I definitely don't push it. I'm like, you know, if, if, a, if a conventional therapist is not your jam, a peer support group, or even just a really trusted friend or family member, but there really is something to be said for, for seeking that kind of counsel. And as, as spiritual professionals, we can provide some, mm -hmm. but we can't do it all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I agree. Uh, have, um, you, have you ever had that experience where someone has come to you with something that you felt was above your scope as a spiritual practitioner? For true 100% transparency, no. And I say no for a lot of reasons. Uh, my sperm donor, donor is what I would call him because I don't have a good relationship with him, um, is a therapist, a psychologist. Um, and inherently, I grew up as an orphan, so very much like you, I grew up very, you know, quickly, um, but I was very attentive to the trauma of the children that were around me and to my own trauma. And as I got older, I naturally paid attention and I was very attracted to psychology. So now by no means do I have uh, the expertise that a psychologist has, nor a psychiatrist um, or anything of that sort. However, I specifically started to open up life coaching sessions just so that people could have that space to have those conversations a little bit deeper, obviously with the knowledge that I am not a trained psychologist and I do not give advice regarding medication or things like that. So this is kind of why I'm into the mental health aspect and I like to introduce the tarot reading or like my services from that aspect is because I believe that they are very intertwined. 
Um, I will just be say it, shoot it straight. I personally, from my experience in dealing with the spirit world and the, the world itself and overall, I be, I'm a firm believer that the uh, a, a lot of issues that we have going on are really just a manifestation of what's happening in the, in the spirit realm. And so to me, treating one without the other is not the best approach for me. Now, everybody's got different approaches. So let me be clear about that. You know, if, you, if you're on the medical side, solely on the medical side, that's fine. If you're on the spiritual side, solely on that side, that's fine too. Whatever works for you. However, I have discovered that, that I think personally, um, the two have to be addressed to really, really tackle things properly. And so that has, so that's been my approach. And, and with, with that kind of level of experience, whenever somebody comes to me with a mental health issue, I never feel like it's beyond me. Um, I, I haven't anyways, I haven't. I haven't dealt with anybody that was like suicidal or something to where I was like, look, you need to get your trained professional ASAP. So I've never been in a situation like that. However, I have come to, I have had clients that have come to me, you know, after somebody in their family close has, you know, been on the verge of suicide or something like that. And they are getting medication and they are getting that level of the mental health aspect taken care of. And then I come in and I let them know the spiritual aspect and how to help their situation further. So just in my experience of dealing with people, people who are very close to me who had mental health issues, um, like I said, I feel like it's intertwined, treating one without the other. And one of the things that I like to tell people is that one of the things I've noticed about mental health is like, there's no cure for it, right? There's no, there's no cure. There's treatments, but there is no cure. Just now we've got there's coping mechanisms and, correct. and, and like you were saying with NAMI, peer support is a big thing. Uh, my father, before he passed away, was very active in a peer support group for bipolar disorder and mood disorders. And it makes mm. a huge difference, both for, uh, for everybody, for the facilitators of the group, for the, the other people in the group who may not be facilitating. It's a, it's a, massive change. I, I, I do think that peer support and peer guidance is probably the biggest way forward. Mm -hmm. I agree. And that's what NAMI is all about. It's all, it's all peer support led groups. Um, when it comes to the mental health aspect, that's one of the things that I really love about NAMI specifically. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, one of the things that I, I do say that I'm a firm believer in is that uh, noticing that there's coping mechanisms, there's treatments available, but there is no cure. We as humanity, to me, that's a sign that there must be something deeper going on than just the physical. Because to me, there's we've got cures for things, we've got cancers, rare, the rarest cancers. We've got, we have found we are a brilliant, brilliant people, humanity is, and we have found a lot of different treatments and cures for a lot of things in this world. But the, but the one thing that has been around since the beginning of time, as far as what we recorded information, like Bible days, whatever, is mental illnesses, is the mind going. And the one thing that has never been able to be cured is mental illnesses. And to me, that is a sure sign that that means that there's something deeper going on. You can't treat the spiritual with physical stuff. And that to me is really what I see. I, I think the two are connected. It's not to say that mental health isn't real or diagnoses aren't real or anything like that. It's just to say that it's a dual situation going on. And it, to me, it is merely a physical 
manifestation of a of a spiritual problem and i don't think you can treat one without the other i don't think you can just treat the spiritual and not treat the mind and i don't think you can just treat the mind and the the the, the emotional body and not treat the spirit i think you have to kind of tackle both um personally however like i said people can you know are, are able to do whatever is most suitable for them um so now whenever i have a client you know uh thank god i haven't had anybody that was on the verge of uh suicide or anything dire like that and so but anytime if i ever were to get a client that was in that kind of state i would definitely recommend you know seeking medical treatment as soon as possible so that they could have somebody there more so than anything because that's really the scariest thing possible when somebody's really kind of having a moment uh, if we can call it that i think phoenix agrees <laughs> yeah i think phoenix is having a moment of his own isn't he <laughs> all right so something else i wanted to touch on um sort of getting a little bit away from the mental health that we've been talking about mm-hmm. but um i've been so interested in your take on this because I think, I don't know if I discussed this with you. I am not a visually artistic person at all. I love art, just like I'm not a musical person at all, but I adore music. You totally give off the artsy vibe, which is so interesting. Well, I write, I write a lot. Okay, um, well, that is definitely artistic. But visually, I'm not, I'm not a visually artistic person. All right, so um, although this isn't directly related to the mental health stuff uh, that we, we've been talking about and I think is so valuable, while I have you on the show, I did want to ask your thoughts on um, tarot card art as an artist. I love it. And I definitely have, Spirit has definitely spoken to me about a deck that I'm definitely going to be doing. Um, I, I love it. Honestly, I love that there are people out there doing it and getting so creative. I've obviously shopped for decks and the, I, I just, I love all the different things that I see that people come up with and make it personal, make it their own, make it different. It's so, it's it's a whole vibe, honestly. And it's something I truly, truly appreciate. Right now, I'm really like in the mode of trying to master this deck that I have is like, I don't know, it's, I feel so one with it and I feel like there's so much more about tarot that I want to know and learn and study and so I actually bought a hieroglyph dictionary because I want to actually decode the imagery so that I can be even more accurate to the cards themselves beyond more in an intuitive kind of sense so uh yeah I I love it I love it I mean something I love about tarot I love the structure of it like I I've talked about this in previous episodes for, for repeat listeners, but I'm I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to tarot. Not that I don't acknowledge that other deck systems are awesome. Um, Oracle decks are great. Um, I don't use very many myself, although I'm not in theory opposed to them, but they're not tarot. I think what's so special about tarot is... Mm the 78 card system and all the symbols. Absolutely. So really getting in touch with the symbols that are used in the traditional deck can be so rewarding. Do you have any other decks besides your Egyptian tarot or is that your? I I don't. And I, there's another deck that, I don't know how you purchase your decks, but I've gone by the, I've heard the theory that a deck chooses you, that you don't choose the deck. And I happen to kind of believe that. And I think this deck is a little bit stingy with me. It really doesn't want me. I don't think it really, I I think Spirit really wants me to master this other one. However, 
there is another deck that I will be purchasing that I have had on my radar and it really does speak to me. And it, it, it definitely has called to me multiple times and it's Which the one? hoodoo deck. It's uh, the New Orleans well, so, one. I think it is. I think it is. It's a, it's, it's a very hot commodity right now and always sold out on Amazon. And um, I, I believe that's the one. And it's quite a lovely deck. I have a friend that has one and it's, I think probably no other deck like this. It comes with a full on book and not yep. a pamphlet a full-on book well, a lot, a lot of decks just... do come with those these do days. they yeah. okay not okay. not all of them by a long shot but for a while i didn't even look at the books that came with tarot decks because like i've been reading for so long but i've been taking some time <laughs> plus i did write the little book that came with a tarot deck recently oh um, look at you a, a friend i'm gonna of have mine, to find out about this one I will definitely, I'll shoot you an email after this. Um, I also have another deck I think that you would really be interested in called the Dust Chew Onyx deck. Okay. I don't know if you've come across that one. I don't think I have. Or um, well, at least not by name, I don't know it. Uh, it's maybe a if I Dust saw it. and then the Roman numeral Chew Onyx. It is no. a deck by a Black creator. It is stunning. I actually bought a travel version of it. I think there was like a pre-order for it. And I gave it to a friend of mine because um, I love using diverse decks personally, but something about this deck I was like I just didn't I didn't feel right as a Jewish slash Mexican person I didn't feel right using it it just didn't seem like the deck for me Um, but it was it's such a gorgeous deck so I gave it to a friend of mine um who I thought it would be really really perfect for uh but I definitely think and I think as an artist you would really appreciate the art of the of this particular deck so I'll shoot you that email Oh, please do. I guess the last thing I want to touch on again, and we talked a lot about mental health and I'm, I'm glad that was the focus of the episode, but I, I like getting to talk about other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, what was the real impetus behind you picking up a tarot deck specifically? That's a good question. I'm trying to think as to what was it? Was it just like a whim? Like, oh, let me try this. No, no, it was tarot has been speaking to me for a long time. I think magic overall has been speaking to me for a long time from so from my background I grew up I was raised Christian and I was you know very much uh, against everything that I'm doing right now <laughs> um you know just being so indoctrined by Christianity all of these things were considered evil and not to do and etc cetera, etc cetera. but like a kid in a candy store it always called to me like it always always did so it always called to me and I would pass this tarot reader on the way to do yoga for a number of months and she would always try to get me to come in and I think one day I I did and then I decided not to get a reading because I misunderstood her special or something like that and then I just decided I think I'm just going to get me a deck of tarot cards and do it myself and that's how it really got started that's what my motivation was but I think, like I said, overall, all of these things have really, really just, it's in me. It's like, a, it's like magic and all this just runs in my blood. And so it was very natural for me to gravitate towards it. Um, I mean, and even when I was a Christian, I was like, you know, you've got, I don't think there's any difference between a prophet and a psychic, right? So I had the gift of prophecy while, while I was a Christian. And, you know, now it's just, you know, obviously evolved to mediumship, psychic, tarot reading, whatever you want to call it, you know? 
Um, so that's why I selected tarot. Um, and the Egyptian deck really just, it really does speak to me. I feel like uh, I'm one of those people that believe I've, you know, been on this earth multiple, several times. And I feel like e Egypt was definitely a time period for me. And it's always spoken to me, even when I was a Christian and I was studying art, you know, I have a BFA in art. So, and it wasn't just because I'm African either. It was something about Egypt that just resonated so much with me hence the reason why my business is Nefertiti Rising Apothecary that is that that's why I chose tarot um but I'm kind of like you though too I love the traditional sense of tarot interestingly enough the deck that doesn't call to me that I hear everybody should really kind of play with and learn off of is the rider weight deck like it just does not speak to me at all and i you think might, because you might i'm be a black woman looking, well yeah no that's that's a, that's a really, i actually i have a an episode um not not to promote myself on my own podcast but um i have an episode i think you'd like where, where i complain about tarot so white like that's a big thing although it is very interesting that the creator of the deck um it's unknown whether she actually has jamaican ancestry but mm. at minimum she grew up in jamaica okay um there aren't a ton of pictures of her 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 race is somewhat ambiguous from them although she's definitely on the lighter lighter skin side mm. um but there's definitely a uh, a question mark as to whether or not she's jamaican or at least you know part Jamaican. And some of it is that she was going off of the direction of the, the artist, Pamela Coleman Smith was going off the, of the direction of um, Arthur E. Waite, who commissioned the deck. So some of the depictions of the people in the cards is very much at his behest. There are some reimaginings of the deck where if you're interested, I really like the modern witch tarot. Which I've heard that one. It's, it's cute. And if you're at all interested in, in the sort of modern take, um, if we get to hang out in real life, I'll definitely bring it along so you can get a look at it. Or hanging out in real life. I, just want to let you know. <laughs> I know. Uh, Brittany and I are practically neighbors. We are. But uh, so I, I like it because it is, it's a little bit more, I want to, I'm not positive if all of the characters in it are femme or women. But there's definitely more racial diversity. There's some disability diversity in it. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And, and I love that. I, I love that too. And it's also still really consistent with the symbolism of the original Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Because I totally agree with you. Um, I always recommend that deck to, to someone to at least have a copy of or have access to the pictures of online when they're trying to decode the symbolism of tarot. Because most of the resources are going to draw from that if you're using Rider Waite style tarot decks, which most, but certainly not all mainstream decks are. But the Modern Witch Tarot and there is another one. Oh, well, there's the Melanated Tarot. Um, oh, I haven't heard of that one. There actually. is a version of the Rider Waite where nobody is white. Mm, interesting. And you know, um, I think I, I, I did see that, I think. I think I did. But it's still very old fashioned. And that whole like medieval mindset isn't always appealing. I always really like decks that incorporate a lot of the symbology while still reimagining it. It's like, it's like a really well executed Shakespeare adaptation. Mm. You know how that was a really good analogy, right? Like, like Shakespeare has been reimagined and you know, there's, there's mafia ones and there's spy ones and there's Shakespeare in space and a bad version of it. You just have the props there and they're not doing anything. <laughs> And yeah. a good version of it, the, the person who had the vision to 
set the Shakespeare play with this old fashioned language in a whole other milieu. It's exciting because they've thought through all the choices. But yeah, I, I think that that tarot decks can kind of go the same way where if it's kind of forced, forced diversity or forced modernity, just for diversity or modernity's sake, mm, it falls mm-hmm. apart. And that's why I did not, that's why I didn't even acknowledge in my head the uh, other version, the melanated version of the Rider Wait, because I remember seeing it and it was just like, okay, appreciate the effort, but it's not really resonating for me. So yeah. Uh, I'll definitely show you The Modern Witch. Um, I was surprised at how much I like it. There's another one that I have had on my, my I've had my eye on for a while. It's called the This Might Hurt Tarot. I think. That sounds so interesting. The, actually, the high priestess in the This Might Hurt Tarot looks a lot like you. Her oh, that hair, is so funny. Her hair is a lot like yours. The, um, I'm almost sold just on that alone. It's, I really like this deck. I've had them, I've had my eye on it for a while. I like it again because, uh, you know, obviously I don't, I don't have a ton of personal opinions about the Melanated Tarot because it's not my place to have opinions about it other than, hey, this is a thing. But it is, it is good to, to have that feedback. Um, and I, I also see where, you know, you would say that. So we had to edit some stuff because kids are kids. Um, so if there's a little bit of a, a discontinuation of what we were talking about, super sorry. Um, but I think our time with Brittany might be coming to an end for today. Although uh, I expect you'll see more of my sharing of her posts on the internet. I just wanted to say thank you so much again for reaching out and being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Do you have anything in specific you would like to plug here? Honestly, um, I really just want to plug in that I think you are amazing. I really have enjoyed being on your podcast. I I love that, you know, this is the universe to me is just extremely amazing and connections and everything like that to even find out that we're like neighbors. And um, you were talking about earlier about the importance of peer community, all that other stuff. It's interesting with what I have done and been doing and how well I have been thriving throughout the pandemic it's been lovely but the one thing that has always been pretty consistent as of the past I want to say maybe even the theme of my overall life really is that the building of tribe and building of community I have community when it comes to you know work related and things of that nature but when it comes to just having that solid tribe like you were talking about you've got you know your husband wasn't very phased by the pandemic too much but you know you you're more social and things like that and you know and and maybe I'm a little bit I don't think I'm really much of a hermit but you know just to discover that I'm now connected to somebody who has a beautiful community a beautiful podcast is very near where I can really kind of just synchronize ideas and thoughts and things like that. It's, it's actually really beautiful. So I, I really just want to thank you, honestly, for having this platform and having a space for viewers or not viewers, but for your, people to listen to the things that you contribute. And uh, thank you for contributing to the universe, honestly. And especially with what you do as a nurse, like you are so needed. Nurses are so needed. And I mean, the pandemic, there would have been nothing without you guys, honestly. It would have been even more chaos. So all that you have done and having the 
acknowledgement to be able to assess your own situation so you can protect your own mental health and your own space but while also making room and time to contribute to others is like absolutely incredible and I, I, I love meeting women like you you and I were talking about this uh privately before but again I want you to plug your blog and stuff because I think yes. I, I I do appreciate that you you know like like many people are recognizing the uh, importance of nurses and healthcare professionals, but also artists in this pandemic are absolutely invaluable. Nobody would have gotten through this pandemic without artists of all kinds, from the people creating all the shows that we've been watching this whole time to True. content True creators, shame. to people who took art classes online or, or got into these things. So your role in this as an artist and as someone who helps facilitate art all sorts of artistic community endeavors like that is something that I think really consistently goes undervalued in our, our capitalistic society. And it's, it's not right. Even the infographics that we all look at to get our Absolutely. info yeah. on how to manage the pandemic, all the ads on, on the, the buses and the pathways, that was all artists doing that. So yeah. I think you need to pat yourself on the back here. And I think you need to tell my listeners where to find you online. Absolutely. So my website, nefertitirisingapothecary.com. Uh, you can find me on e IG as well, um, Nefertiti Rising Apothecary. On Twitter, it's Nefertiti Rise Tribe. And uh, yeah, and then on Facebook, you can also find me through Tarot Readings by Brittany Kennedy, um, which of course on my social media is listed on my website. So you could just go there, Nefertiti Rising Apothecary and find me there. And uh, Actually, uh, speaking of artists, I also do uh, some paintings that I, some great paintings that I've got online. I've started to combine my artwork into my apothecary where I've got these beautiful healing, what I like to call healing arts. I've got crystals on there. I'm getting ready to work on a very large custom piece uh, working with resin. I'm really excited about that. They are um, really, really beautiful pieces. I'm, I'm think I need to get the rest of the art up in my house before I can start. Like I have all the art from when I moved because I just moved a few months ago. Um, I need to get my current art up on the walls, but I'm definitely thinking about one of your pieces to. Oh well, hey, anytime. You know, of course, you can definitely get a commissioned piece. Um, in terms of art, you know, whenever you would like to purchase a piece, even if you want to get a commissioned piece, you know where to find me. Um, I love. Of creating art and it is you are 100 right it is so needed because art is really truly and literally like everything from home decor to i can't think of anything that doesn't have to do on some level with art honestly absolutely nothing even the logos for medical stuff like mm -hmm. that's that's art someone someone who does graphic design did, sure. did that so, exactly no it's it's so ingrained in everything and i think people just take it for granted yeah right. uh, i agree well so uh thank you for listening it's it's been a real joy to have Brittany kennedy on please do check out her links this has been a really cool interview i hope you've enjoyed it as much as i have because i've been having a great time as always you know where to find my podcast because you're listening to it but you can also find me on instagram as anti-fragile tarot 
I'm on Twitter as Antifragile Card, mainly tweeting political stuff and Jewish discourse because that's what the world is right now, and I'm a witch because of the world. And finally, if you enjoyed this, you can always shoot me an email at antifragiletarot at gmail.com. I have gotten some of your emails. I really appreciate them, even if I have not responded because I am three cats with anxiety and a trench coat just trying to get by. So we're going to have this little outro music of Phoenix being bounced. So <laughs> I hope you have a witchy and or wonderful day and I will talk to you soon. Bye.